right. Well, ready for Megan? Ready for Megan. Ready for Megan. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Cine Scoots podcast. Yeah. Uh, our second Sunday recording. What a productive Sunday. And it's only six o'clock. It is only six o'clock. Yeah. Buddy, what a what a week. What a week. It's been both like the most unproductive week. I have watched so much C-SPANs. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you yeah. were watching a lot of C-SPAN because this was the week where uh, Kevin McCarthy was unable to secure the speakership for 15 ballots. 15 ballots, but he got it. He got it. He got it. God damn, though. Um, the this is so tomorrow's the first day of school for oh. me, and I usually I have more Sunday scaries by now. Um, I don't. I don't have any Sunday scaries, but uh, I could use another. Another week, another, another month, week or month, dude, or a year of decade of. Birth. I don't, you know, I feel like it's gotten to the point where it's not even Sunday scaries. It's just like Sundays. I don't want to go back to work. I'm like, who the fuck wants to work? Uh, I know this is very like unmanly of me, and and I think it, in a way it's also very progressive of me. Yeah, if Katie could support me and I become a house husband, you'd be Mister. I would. I would be Mister. Wife yeah. in the heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's our plan. She wants to go and take over a company. I will stay home and vacuum, cook, right. sweep. My dad was a Mister. Mom. Good. Yeah. The way it should be. The way it should be. The way it should be. <laughs> Uh, so we're here to talk about Megan, uh, the first movie of 2023. What a beautiful surprise. Dude, beautiful I'm so surprise. happy. I, I'm so happy that this movie not only was extremely hyped, mm-hmm. but that the hype didn't let me down. No. Dude, like, it. there's no worse feeling than going into a movie that you're super hyped about and then having it suck. Which we had with Thor last we year. We had it with and Thor last year. example. Uh, that that is probably the biggest yeah. like blockbuster example. Um, Halloween Kills. In another, I would say, what was the second Halloween? That was Halloween Kills. Okay, yes, Halloween Kills. Halloween yes. Kills is a movie that I was extremely excited about after the 2018 remake uh, reboot. Yeah, and then you just feel like and somebody then, pumped. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah they, that that one was bad. Um, but Megan did not let us down. No, year. and Megan was. We talked in our last episode about just like. Me seeing things on screen in the form of trailers. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And that was Megan. Like, when you see that little doll doing her dance, doing her dance. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, Megan, yeah. Megan, for anyone who is unaware, is our newest killer doll. Great killer doll. My favorite killer doll. You know, I love... Here's, here's the funny thing mm-hmm. about Chucky. I used to Chucky used to be the slasher that scared me the most as a kid. Yes. Growing up, yes, Freddy scared me. Yeah. I was never really scared of Jason. I was never really scared of um uh Michael Myers. Myers. Yeah. But Chucky Chucky scared you. Chucky I had a great, great fear for Chucky, mainly really? because my grandma in Mexico, uh, whatever we would say at her house, she just had dolls on dolls on dolls on dolls around Damn. her bedroom. Yeah. And that's where we would sleep because she had a spare bed in her bedroom. And holy shit, anytime Chucky came up, I'd be like, nope, no gracias. Yeah. And I haven't gotten to like actually appreciate Chucky until like the last 10 years, maybe. Mm. And so now Chucky holds a very dear place in my heart. But Megan... Yeah, Megan in one single movie 
has may have managed to to usurp Chucky. Impressive. 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 But that's also because she's like instantly iconic, I think. Yes. Like she just has a that look. Movement. She has a look. Um the like the costume that she's got on is like instantly recognizable. Like the marketing for the movie has been like top-notch and it's interesting because there are certain people who their critiques they're like this movie could have been crazier and that was one of my instincts leaving the movie but there are certain hilarious moments (laughs) that we can get into later before of course that i that that happened in this movie and and i just walked out of them being like i could not have predicted that (laughs) i could not have predicted megan would sing that's right and you know what? That that's good enough for me. I think this movie was just as crazy as it needed to be. Yeah, and yeah. so, so uh, just to kind of go into some details, uh, the movie stars Allison Williams, Violet McGraw, which, by the way, I do feel somewhat vindicated. During the movie, I asked you, I'm like, is that the girl from the Black Phone? And you were like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, mm, she looks very similar. It's her sister. Oh, oh, like it's the actress's sister. The actress. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. That is fascinating. Uh, good family yeah. for kid actors. They got that Blumhouse money. Holy shit. And, yeah, that Blumhouse yeah. money and good acting from, from the kids. Um, but the movie is made by Blumhouse. It is the first Blumhouse movie of the of the year. Mm-hmm. They're they're having two Blumhouse movies in January this year. The Peacock one? The Peacock one. Which I'm hearing okay things mm-hmm. about it uh but you never know right who knows right uh the the whole idea behind megan though i find fascinating because it's very similar to the 2019 chucky movie that came out which i did not see um i didn't see either i i really didn't have a lot of interest uh the biggest draw for me in that movie was that aubrey plaza plays the mom was that movie a reboot yes yeah. So it was a reboot in where Chucky is not possessed by a serial killer. He is like a an AI, very similar to Megan, oh, I where see. he wants to protect Andy. Huh. Um, so like anytime like anyone hurts Andy, like Chucky, Andy, gets, like, mad. Chucky gets mad and kills yeah. people, right? Uh, there is one very funny quote where they like teach kids, like the kids teach Chucky to stab, and he says this one's for Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking funny. Uh, so. You know, it's very similar. And we did have a conversation on the ride home where I said, a lot of the times people complain when movies are rebooted. Mm-hmm. And they say, why not just make, why not just make, make a similar concept, right. but make it an original movie with like similar elements. And I feel like this movie is that. This movie it does child's play. And it succeeds. It successfully does it in the 21st century. Right. Um, because we're dealing with kids being on their tablets all the time. Parents... Uh, co-parenting with electronics and as someone who's never seen a child's play movie i would say probably deeper than every child's play movie um probably i never associated that franchise with death and why because all the kids in the local reading class in middle school loved them (laughs) loved them some chunky yeah and, you know, I would say maybe getting into, like, the movie, you start getting some more into the show, sorry. Mm-hmm. You get into more, like, deeper character stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe even the 20, like, the mid-2010s reboot series 
There's um uh it's not a reboot, it's like a continuation, but like it's like a soft reboot of the franchise. Like new characters, but then you still introduce like the older characters. Sons, or... Yeah. Yeah. Um Kit Face. They bang, right? Yeah, they yeah. bang in, in the Bride of Chucky, she gets pregnant. That's crazy. It's insane. You yes. get to see some uh some yeah, doll wanna... doll movies. I don't wanna know. I don't wanna know. But yeah, you know. I'm not gonna say the power of technology. The power of technology <laughs> and, and curses. And curses. Curses um, But yeah, so Megan, um I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very positive on it. I don't know that uh it needed to be anything else. Maybe a little shorter in some portions of I it. I never felt. But I don't think I could cut anything. I don't know what I would say maybe the last fight. Be cut a little bit, but a that's, little bit. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Very good use of like a mix between like an actor and like a puppet. Yeah. For for Megan, because there are some times where like she's moving very realistically, and then there's like a little where you're like, oh, that's a robot. The uncanny valley is real, but in the most effective way and i think this will be successful because of that mm-hmm. right like you need you need that uncanny valley-ness to make this weird and to make it work um there is one non-spoiler scene where <laughs> they're going to like a day camp right and megan who is a life-size doll is sitting on the passenger side and the little girl is talking to the camp counselor and she's like oh well Nice to meet you. And who's your friend? She goes, "Oh my Jesus!" <laughs> and it's so, so good because, like you, it does take you a second to realize this is not right a real person. A real person. This yeah. is a fucking robot. Yeah. And the the hold on, what's her name? Yeah, Gemma. Stupid name. That's my flaw. Her name Gemma. Gemma. Um, like the it's it's not because I mean this is a prototype, right? Yes. So it's not like breaking news that she has this like hyper sentient AI doll. No, yeah. Right. right. It's so, like a brand new thing that they're kind of working underground. Yeah, that's one thing I kinda of had to get used to is most like other characters in this movie have no clue that um that Megan is a toy. Until yeah. Until you tell them like, no, she is a prototype. Yeah. She's going to work with me or yeah. whatever, right? Um which I think is also for the better. Yes. Right. I think because then this can then lead to sequels where she does become, you know, more widely available, and then we end up. We're probably going to end up, for better or worse, with an army of Megans by the end of the twenty uh, the twenty twenties. I say this now, and I'm ready. I'm ready to be proven wrong. I say this now, but I really don't want a sequel. You're so you're in the wrong business, my friend. I know. I know. <laughs> but like, it's it certainly is set up for a sequel. Yeah. I like to see. I mean, I mean, tech can move very fast, so maybe like there will be enough happening in AI where there's a, a cool angle this movie could take. But I would I would like to see a sequel to this movie take place after a bit more actual technological change okay. in the real world. Or it can handle something substantive. But anyway. Yeah. So heart, cor- heart, heart before the <laughs> heart, heart, heart before horse. horse. Heart before the horse. Right? Yeah. Um so I would say let's go ahead and move on to some of the more in-depth things. Spoilers. Um, 
before spoilers, uh, I would highly suggest going to see this movie. For, For sure. sure. I'm so, sure. I, I would say don't go into this movie expecting scary. It's January. What else are you going to see? That too. Yeah. But go into this movie expecting to have fun. Have a lot of you're gonna have a lot of fun in this movie. And honestly, I think if you go see this movie with a bigger crowd, it's the better for it. This is the um so we saw Glass Onion, we saw Avatar, mm-hmm. we saw this. Um with like big crowds. Yeah, definitely this and Glass Onion were like my favorite crowds. Yeah, I mean, Avatar was people packed. were having fun. Yeah, Avatar was But packed. nobody was like people were like, you know, enthralled in the movie, but they weren't like interacting yeah, during right. Avatar. Yeah. In this movie, I feel like people were like, oh, no, not the dog! Yeah. Uh, or There's a moment of the crowd that I want to touch on later. <laughs> but um, but I, I think, yeah, this movie is a lot more fun with a big theater crowd. Like we said, it's January. Like, this and Avatar. Yep. There's really nothing else going on right now. Yeah. So, yeah, go go see oh, it. Wait. Big, big recommendation, I think, from both of us. Yes. So let's get into some spoilers. Um... Right away, the the opening scene for this, I think, is fantastic, where you start with the commercial for, what's, what's it called? The per... It's a Furby. It's a, it's a Furby, right. but it's it's got a, 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 a funny name. I don't remember what it's called. But it's, uh, and Gemma makes these. Right? Yeah, Gemma is the one who, like, develops it. She's, she's, like, a super smart, like, robotics engineer. Yeah. Um, I, w- I don't know that I would say she's, like, spectrum level. No. But she's, like, insanely, like, smart in her field. She is a millennial. Yeah. As are many people in this film. Oh, this movie hits us so it hard. It does, and I loved it. Oh, uh, so, so And I'm Tana. team millennial. I am team 100%. millennial. I love, love being my millennials. I do love being my millennials, but I also I can take a good millennial critique. Because we are not snowflakes. But here's the thing. I think this movie does a good job at, like, I like I... Except to like hold that mirror up to you mm-hmm. without using like the cheap avocado toast no. like thing. This movie does a good job. And it attacks so many different kinds of millennials. Yes. Yeah, so this movie for sure attacks like the like the tablet parent millennial. Yeah. Uh for sure. It it, it like the nerd millennial. The nerd millennial, the uh the ambitious like the ambitious CEO millennial. The um, ambitious CEO millennial. Right. The ambitious uh, no kid millennial. The ambitious no kid millennial. The, yeah. Being competent with any sort of like handsy technology millennial. That's actually <laughs> that's actually where I first like saw it with um the parents. So it ends with a parent death, which the trailer doesn't tell you how they died, but it tells you that your parents are dead. Right? Yeah, it tells you that the parents are dead. Yeah. You know, you know they died. Um, with something. You, with you're something. not really sure with what. So they die in a car crash. They die in a car crash because which is, they're... Which is cliche, but the way it goes about it, I feel, is hilarious. Because they're driving to some sort of... Yeah, they're going skiing. Skiing, right? Uh, they rented a car. The dad didn't know what all-wheel drive. No, he's like, like I tell you, we should have gotten chains for the car. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, I didn't even know what chains were until 10 minutes ago. Yes. Which... But they do say something about four-wheel drive. Oh, thought, maybe. This was four-wheel drive because it had four wheels or some shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel so attacked. <laughs> this is the type of shit. This is the type of shit that a lot of people don't think about unless, like, you learn from your mom or dad. Right. I, I learned this shit from my dad. Yeah. Because my dad owns a tire shop, but. And all the while, this girl's, like, breaking her screen time rule. 
And like the parents, like yeah, the whole, the whole screen time thing. Yeah, they realize it, but the dad's like, ah, fuck it, like we're in the snowstorm. Like, what the fuck else is she gonna do? She's yeah. sitting in the backseat of this car, playing with Furby on her iPad. Yeah. yeah, and then the the little Furby, like those things are hideous, dude. So ugly, dude. But to be fair, Furbies were also nightmare fuel. They were nightmare fuel. Uh, these things have like these weird, like huge mouth with like you can see the whole teeth. A strange face. A very strange face, but. Here's the thing. If you watch some of the things that, like, kids are into nowadays... They're ugly. Oh, my God. Like, there are kids that show up to my school. I teach fifth graders, and they show up with these, like, poppy playtime mm-hmm. um, shirts. And these are, like... I don't know if you want to look it up, but poppy playtime, they have these weird, like, blue monster with, like, these, like, sharp-ass teeth. Like, it's a scary-looking thing. I'm looking at it right now. Uh yeah, what? it's if your kids are fifth graders, what year were they? Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, holy shit! What the fuck? Yeah, what year? Your kids are fifth graders, so they're eleven. They'd be about eleven, so, so 20, not not much older than than Katie. Two thousand nine, two thousand. Oh no, two, they're like two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And and so like I can totally buy these kids being into these ugly ass fucking dolls. And it also reminds me of that scene in Ant-Man where he gives her, like, a toy and it's fucking disgusting. And she goes, oh, my God, it's so ugly. I love him. I get it. When, um, when is her main character? Gemma? No. Uh, When is Katie supposed to be? How old is she supposed to be? I would say she's probably, like, on eight or nine. So she is, as your kids are. I looked this up. I googled, when does Gen Alpha start? So Jen Alpha's kid born in 2010 through 2024. Yeah. No, she is for she sure. Jen Alpha. Yeah. yeah, she would be one of my third graders. Yeah. Yeah. So um you do feel bad for this girl because she's Yeah, she, bad parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had bad parents for sure. Dad parents. Oh, I think it's a bad parents. Bad parents. Oh, okay. I say, yeah, they're yeah, maybe a little bad. They're just millennials. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but yeah, so she lo- she loses her parents, and then she's they with were her just aunt. They were, um, and now she's with her aunt, who, if we're being honest, could probably care less about the kid itself. Yes, and in fact, okay, so here's one of here's actually my big critique of this movie, which I don't want to spend a lot of time on, but I bring this up sure. as relevant to your point. There's a point where she has a heart to heart speech with Katie towards the end. Towards the end, yeah, that's like good parenting. And I'm like, this competence in parenting just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I feel like, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, because I do feel like she's smart enough to know that this is what a good parent would say. But her delivery and her proficiency in delivering. Fair. Yes, came out of nowhere. But it's Fair. a Blumhouse movie, so it's already hitting well above its like. Yeah, above its belt weight. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so she ends up taking care of uh, Gemma. Ends up taking care of Katie. She's like her guardian, guardian, right next in line, next uh, of kin, next of kin. Um, there is a mention of apparently like the grandparents, the in laws, right? right. Uh, being up, uh, uh, willing to take the kid, yes. but they're kind of like willing to like circumvent the process and going above Katie, uh, not Katie, above Gemma. So that kind of pisses her off. Mm-hmm. Which again, I think that kind of goes with the millennial thing of like, oh, these fucking boomers seem to know better than me. Well, that and it's also 
even though, so even though this isn't what she wanted, I mean, A, she does give the kid presents, right? So, like, parenthood wasn't what she wanted, but there's still an element of, like, child nurturing in there, even if it's presents from her own company. Yes. But B, I also think there's, like, not just, like, the boomer thing, but, like, I, I think that could potentially show that, A, she is worried about this child's, like, psychological well-being because, like, oh, man, this girl just lost her parents, right? She just got relocated to me, and now you're going to relocate her, like, again. Oh, yeah, fucking Texas? Yeah. Uh, Florida, right? Right. Texas? And the, the film, the film, granted, never really, like, confirms any, like, of her reasoning as to why she'd be apprehensive. But on paper, at least, it may have been, like, the easier option. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it, it. it's always, I would say, a little weird when, like, you have a kid who's, like, caregivers are, like, the grandparents. Yeah. There's always, like, such a big generational gap. I feel like your aunt might be more willing to, like, discipline than, like, the grandparent would be. Um, Maybe. I don't know about I that. I don't know. But it's, it's also, like, she's well off. Hmm. Right? I mean, she's probably making these money being, like, the main, the main creative creator. Thing. Like, the, yeah. yeah, the main creative in this company. So, you know, probably for financial, you know, support for the kids. Probably a, probably a better choice. And younger. And younger. Right? Yeah. You know, you don't want the kid having to then end up taking care of these old grandparents. This is her also last connection to her sister. Right? That too. What we realized. Yeah. Um, there's no mention of their parents at all. Nope. Um, so yeah, we're led to believe that that is the that's kind of like where that line ends. Yeah, you know, for connection. Um, and this is actually where we have our first like our first and only like jump scare, <laughs> right? They arrive in this awful car, which by the way is one of my least favorite electric vehicles. The... It's this disgusting looking BMW that only gets like <laughs> sixty miles to a charge. It's awful. Uh, but yeah, we have a dog jump scare. Yeah. Uh and <laughs> to be fair, yeah, there's a hole on the on the fence. But yeah, lady, you gotta leash your fucking dog. So this is a, what I think this movie did that is actually super impressive. Uh-huh. And I might be speaking sacrilege. So millions of listeners, I apologize. But this movie killed a dog and it made me leave with like Yeah, maybe that dog deserved it. <laughs> They're like, okay, yeah. that's that's far. Like, did the dog deserve it? No. But of like all the dogs that I've seen that have died in movies, I've always been like, no. Yeah. Whereas this one, I'm like, I can see dog, why. If, I can see yeah. why, Megan. If a dog has to die, yeah, it's this dog. Uh, it's... <laughs> so let, let's okay. So oh, before we do, yeah. there is a there is that scene where we talk about where they do kind of dunk on the boy collecting millennials. Oh yeah, right? the theater. I love this moment. <laughs> so yeah, so Katie gets home and she starts like wanting to play with toys, but she's a fucking kid. Oh, she spells her name C A D Y. Yeah, C A D Y. No millennials strike again. <laughs> this stupid ass name and So yeah, so she wants to play with these toys, and and uh, Gemma's like, no, no, no. Those are not toys. Those They're collectibles. collectibles. They're supposed to stay in the shelf, and you look at them. Yeah. That's, that's that's fun. Yeah. And Katie's like, "Oh, I just want to play." Okay, uh, and so then later the psychologist shows up to see if the kid's adjusting well, 
And Jabba is like, oh, yeah, you know, we have some toys over there. She's like, yeah, but she wants, what she wants to play with this. She's like, okay, fine. Yeah. He starts ripping into this toy. And the theater was like, <laughs> And I looked at them and I judged the shit out of them. Because yeah. you actually play with your, like... I think toys are meant to be played with. I don't... I, I take them out of their packaging. About once a year, I'll set them up because I think it's fun and cathartic. I have a lot of Star Wars action figures. Um, to the millions of fans at home, and they're yeah. they're in a cabinet. They're all taken out. I enjoy setting them up. Um, but even you, as a you kid, will set up like battlefields. Yeah, but even as a kid, I was like, toys are meant to be played with. Yeah. Right? Um, and 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 I heard people actually squirm <laughs> and cringe like they would actually if if an animal died in a movie. To be honest with you, yeah. And I was like, like more reactions to this box being ripped open than the that dog being look, killed. And I, I have never seen that before in an audience, and I may never see that again. Like, that I want to say the last time that really was a plot point was in one of the, I think it was in the forty-year-old version. Wow, where he has like a collection of like, yeah. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> as as a fellow collector of anime figures, because mm-hmm. like my anime figures are not like postable. Like they just come in the one in the one post. In the one post. Yeah. So like you can't really play with them. Like those are these are actually meant to be like play displayed. With. Yeah. They're not they're not toys necessarily. They're figurines. They're figurines. Do you but... keep yours in the package? Uh no, I usually yeah. take them out of the box. I keep yeah. the box and like if I want to move them, right, uh, or if I want to store them. But I because they come with like a display, and then I have them in a display case, like by my computer in the yeah. basement. Um, but like that's their purpose. Mm-hmm. These toys that ca- that Gemma's collecting are toys. It's like a Rubik's cube. It's, one of them is like a Rubik's cube. the The one that she plays with that she rips open is like a weird ball that I'm assuming would transform into like a robot. Yeah. Because the the psychologist is like, all right, roll the ball over to your aunt Gemma, <laughs> and she's like, oh, actually, uh, you're supposed to be, you know, pushing this right. button to like yeah. transform it. She's like, what if she just wants to roll the fucking ball? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a whole level of cringe. Yeah. Um, which is very good. Uh, eventually, she does kind of get the idea that maybe Katie could benefit from from having Megan. Yes, uh, and because Katie is um, fascinated by Chekhov's Bruce. Chekhov's Bruce, right? Yeah. A big giant robot um, that she built in college, mm-hmm. right? And so then Megan, uh, Gemma's like, "Yep, yeah, let's go ahead and build Megan with the Nintendo gloves, with the Nintendo power gloves, yeah. right?" Uh, and you know, as soon as Bruce showed up, I was like, "Ah, oh, Bruce's gonna save the day," mm-hmm. uh, and he does, and it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and so we we end up having a bunch of like bonding scenes. Uh, they present this to the board later on in the movie, which was uh, a really funny scene. Oh yeah. Uh of how, you know, Megan can be like well, she is the therapy doll. She's the therapy doll. Yeah. She's the parent doll. Yeah. And that that is brought up uh, multiple times by um Tess, who's like her friend who works with her in the same department. Uh she said, like, you're not just building a companion, you're building a replacement for a lot of like parental things. Right? The fact that she's there to remember her parents for her instead of you being the one to help her mm-hmm. through the grieving process. It which troubling. Very troubling. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to notice like 
Amanda said no. She doesn't seem to like see that as a big deal. It's interesting. She's like, we'll figure it out later. So the okay, um, educational technology, mm-hmm. or in educational terms, there's like you have know, like, <laughs> fucking like four domains of technology. I don't remember what like they all are, but like let's say number three is that the technology just replaces. Um, you know, whatever, like, you can do on non-technology. So, like, a word processor replaces um, a notebook, right? But the domain four is, like, the technology allows you to do new things that you wouldn't have been able to do without the technology, mm-hmm. right? So, you can now create videos instead of essays, right? Sure. The... And, and, like, going in when a lot of this, like, research was being done in the educational field, people were, like, very, very optimistic about those possibilities. Mm-hmm. But they weren't paying a lot of attention to, like, how then the technology would change the student. And what I think what this video does illustrate very well, that it, it is very... On the nose? On the nose. <laughs> yeah? T-shirt idea. Uh, um, the, this, Megan changes... Katie? Katie? Yeah. She becomes like codependent on her. Codependent, and uh, even scarier than Megan. Like, yeah, she fucking like angry. Old scissors yeah. on on um, the psychologist, right? Yeah, and fucking Gemma has She's to intervene, screaming all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking wild. Um, but let's let's backtrack a little bit. So we have Megan joining the family, and this is where we start to get into the dog. Because she's like watching them out the window as uh, Megan, not Megan, as Katie's like playing with like a little bow and arrow. Right. She's like, I'm going to avenge my mom and dad. And she's like, you know, play pretend, uh, which goes away, mm-hmm. right? Before, this is as she's like kind of getting used to Megan. She's still playing pretend. Right. Uh, whereas like towards the end of the movie, she is just playing with right. Megan. She's just having conversations with Megan. Um, and she's like, hey, I lost my arrow. Where's my arrow? And uh, Megan does find the arrow under the hole in the fence. And she goes to dig. She goes to, like, reach for the thing. And the dog just ravages her. And we get one of the funniest fucking, like, images of Megan with, like, her hair all messed up. Which would have been... So would Megan have been... Because earlier it tells us that if this little chip is fucked up, something happens, right? So it's inferred that the dog fucked up. The yes, I think this is like the inciting incident for Megan, yeah. kind of like starting to kind of just go a little bit above. So would she have gone bonkers without the dog attack? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think because they make a very like they make a big point of like the sparking when the dog bites the neck. Yeah, yeah, and and then like that's kind of where she switches to like, oh, we're gonna uh, yeah. Because then, as as um, Katie goes to help Megan, then the dog bites Katie. Does Megan learn what death is before that scene? Uh, I think they're having a. I think she has a conversation. Yeah. With Gemma. About death. About death. Right. Um, no, she overhears the conversation between. But whatever it is, whatever that happens, there is a scene where like the movie makes a point that she does not comprehend death and she's learning. Yeah, what, what it is. is. Yeah. She like then goes like, oh, let's check this shit off online. Yeah, and she learns through the internet. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, she kills the dog. Right. Uh, 
I would say, as far as the movie goes, tastefully. Yeah, I can't remember how she kills it. Uh, she just screen. she just grabs the dog. Yeah. She like she like moves her hand uh, into the frame and she drops treats. I think actually one thing that um one thing that this film actually does very well in the suspense and horror department in its ability to build suspense and fear of the potential what Megan can do. It's that she has the the superpower, quote unquote, that she could mimic any voice perfectly. And because she already looks like goofy and cheesy, it it's not it's it, it is funny that she can do it, but it's not like universe breaking when you see her talking like the neighbor. And I think if if you if you listen closely, there is a literal bodiness yeah, to, to the, the voice. voice. So you could potentially differentiate like it's Megan talking versus it's the actual person but, but in, then that just adds to the possibility exactly in in the in the world like if you just hear this you might just be like oh okay yeah. it's it's my owner because she commandeers later on she commandeers the phone and she's talking and yes she's talking yeah. as a friend yeah. uh, which honestly I didn't it didn't register right, uh, right away until like you're like watching the scene, which I think is pretty pretty good. Right, uh, makes sense, especially because like over the phone things sound like shit already. Yeah, uh, so it's easier to hide that. Yeah. Uh, famously, Scream Three has like a fucking like MacGuffin thing where like the killer can mimic anyone's voice like perfectly. Mm-hmm. They have a little voice changer mm-hmm. and like. It just sounds like them, like like someone's talking, and they're like, "Well, if someone is talking, and they're like in the like just on the other side of the door, right. you would still hear the other person's voice coming out of their mouth, going into this device, and then coming out as another voice. Right? It wouldn't just automatically turn your right. voice coming out of your mouth into that into that. And I feel like this works well for Megan because it still has that roboticness to it. And this came out. I mean, this and Glass Onion. <clears throat> Perfect timing because this came out right after all this like chat GPT stuff. Where <laughs> I mean, you have AI that's as best as we've seen so far replicating human style, yeah, right for sure. So, so yeah, good and on the movie. Good on the movie. Uh, Megan does kind of go a little crazy when she goes to the um. The summer camp program thing with the, the school in quotation marks. the school right because uh another millennial thing millennial thing yeah. uh OG mom OG Katie's mom. mom wanted to homeschool homeschool the daughter homeschool Katie and and you know Gemma's like what the fuck I got from the little shit kid the little shit boy his mom who is Holly yeah <laughs> shut the fuck up Holly my <laughs> god. Like women's march vibe from her outfit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. She's got like the pink hat. Yeah. Uh, again, this movie just you know knows where how to hit us. It does uh, very well. But that and brings me to the point of all the people who die in this movie. I don't think there was a character where I was like they don't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. No, everybody in this movie who dies, I think, has to come because he's an asshole. He's an. Uh, asshole. He originally, this, this boy in, gets paired. If he was in the whale. <laughs> he would be his pleasure. <laughs> and yeah, because like, uh, he originally gets picked with a, with another kid. The yeah. kid whispers something to... To the teacher. The teacher, and the teacher goes, no, okay, fine. Uh, let's partner you with Katie. Right. And uh, Katie just you know, wants to pick her little walnuts. Yeah. And this boy is like... Hurts her. Hurts her. Right. 
Uh, and that that triggers Megan. Anne is potentially about to like rape the doll. It doesn't. Look okay, I did, I'm not the only one who got yeah. those vibes because he like straddles the doll yes. uh, and like takes off her shoe, which I'm like that's weird. Yeah. Uh, but then instead of like taking off clothes, he like punches the doll in the face. Right. It's PG thirteen. PG thirteen. You can only go. Maybe right. if it was R, I think he would have. Well, even still, kind of fucked up to have a boy do that. Like, for sure. Um, there's sexual. There's some. Innuendo. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but yeah, but Megan like catches his arm on the second hit. Yeah. And like rips this fucking kid's ear off, <laughs> and she's like, "I'm gonna teach you some fucking manners." Yeah. And rips the ear off, throws it, and like has a kid run. And I will say this to to the this is the hill I'll die on. She doesn't kill him. She does not kill him. Megan did nothing wrong. Right. This kid had it coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so <laughs> this leads us to probably the best scene where Katie is in bed and talking to Megan. She's like, "Hey, Megan, um, did you kill the boy?" <laughs> and she's like, "Well." Here's Titanium. So that's the second <laughs> song that she sings, right? It's the second song she sings. Yeah. The first song she sings, I, I want to say it's in like the uh, conference room where like she's meeting Megan. And it definitely sounds much more like Disney princessy or um, yes, like um, the fucking the first time. Yeah, like it. It, it seems more like you know Magic Barbie unicorn vibe. And then the second song is Titanium. <laughs> The second song is Titanium. And that was, that's where I was mentioning earlier, where people were like, this movie didn't go crazy enough. But I'm like, fair This is but fucking insane. You have Megan singing Titanium. <laughs> and all the things that I could have put in like a Megan bingo, yeah. her singing Titanium would not have, would not have been on my bingo. Right. Uh, but it, it also like, the movie plays it so straight that you're just like, yeah, this doll would sing you a song, as a lullaby. Yeah. And that specific song. Do these well? This is the thing. This is Katie. Katie's one of these TikTok kids, right? I mean, maybe not in, in the movie, but like in this day and age, these kids are watching videos on TikTok. These yep. are the songs that you hear on TikTok. If TikTok gets banned, she will be on whatever the next for sure is. But, yeah, and so like that probably would be the song that like yeah. comforts her, yeah. right? And Megan would know that because she's. She's, she knows what she likes. She has magic tech powers. She does. Um, it, it, it was just so fucking funny. That, uh, she also plays Toy Soldiers uh, on the piano. Song? No, oh, yeah, on the yeah, piano yeah. at the end yeah. of the movie. Uh, I recognize that as, like, the Eminem song, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess samples the original Toy Soldiers from, like, the 80s. Oh, interesting. Uh, I didn't know that until, like, I was right. looking into this movie. Uh, but very, 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 very good. Um Anything else? What else? Third act, I think, is probably the thing where we... Yeah. Because right? then, the end of the second act is where, like, Megan gets taken away from Katie. Uh, right. Because she's like, no, she is, like, fucking things up. She pulls the thing where she's like, look at the pen, and, like, shuts her off. Yeah. Um, But even even after she's shut off, she's able to, she's like... conscious. She knows. Yeah, she knows something is up. She's able to, like, infiltrate the security system at the company. So I'll say the cops are dumb in this movie. I think that's where yeah, the, they're the, a bit too dumb. I love the one cop that like laughs at the kid dying. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Didn't we interview you yesterday?" 
And I'm like, all right, there's a lot, there's enough there's enough here to draw suspicion. Actually, as soon as you realize that this doll is hyperactive, I mean, I know, yeah, I know there's whatever kind of irony, dramatic. Uh, well, here's the thing. Like, I don't think they know that the doll is like sentient. He right. just he just goes, oh yeah, it's it's her doll. Yeah, and that's it. Like, so I mean, you have American Girl dolls that are like big, big. so maybe she's like, oh, this is like a super sized American big, Girl doll. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, that's that's where I like. Okay, I could suspend that disbelief yeah. without like stretching too far. Yeah. Um, then we get the Ronnie Chang death scene. Ronnie Chang death scene, uh, which is the famous TikTok dance. Yes. Which, yeah, I don't care. Excellent. 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 It's goofy. It's fun. Yeah. That's uh, in the trailer. In the trailer. Yeah. Uh, it's the dance that, like, all the marketing does. I like that. It's a kill with the paper. Oh, with the paper. Yeah. A thing that I fucking hate. Me too. I'm bad at them. I'm okay at it, but I'm always like, these things are dangerous. I thought it was actually very interesting that, so, when Megan re-enters the house, mm-hmm. um, her initial plan is to let Gemma live. Uh, yeah, like lobotomize her or whatever, yeah, but because she's like, Oh, I know that this would fuck up Katie, and that I just I have no other commentary other than I thought that was like very interesting to let motivation, yeah. And yeah. and she does for better or worse, Megan has Katie's best interest at heart, and that's so that dovetails nicely with the fact that, like we said earlier, all the kills I would say the least justified kill. Is like the neighbor because the neighbor just wanted her dog back. Yeah, right? I feel bad. I feel bad for the neighbor. Um, but like the kid had it coming, the dog kind of had it coming. The neighbor was the neighbor neglectful, was annoying, yeah, and a little like nosy, but she wasn't malicious. Correct. Like she just seemed like she was like a, a mid dog owner who just wasn't like didn't want to like leech her dog. Yeah, that doesn't put you on the naughty list necessarily, but but not on the whatever, list, right? right? But the but so but the fact that she that all her kills are somewhat justified and the fact that I will say the scariest kill in this is when she kills uh, I think his name is Kurt the assistant the assistant because he uh it's either Kurt or Cole yeah um but he, he it is Kurt he's stealing company he's secrets. stealing company secrets and like. Sending them, or ideal, he would be sending them to like a different company. Hasbro. To, is it, does he say Hasbro? I don't know if he's sending them to Hasbro, but Ronnie Chang says we're going to kick Hasbro's ass. Oh yeah, he does. Um, but like he, he feels like he's underappreciated, mm-hmm. and he's whatever. watched porn at work before. He's watched porn at work before. Yeah. He said like, you're watching Pornhub again. <laughs> and like oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way she like comes up to him, she's like, oh, here's what's gonna happen. You were stealing company secrets. Mm-hmm. He found out, mm-hmm. and then when you realize you killed him, you killed yourself. Yeah. And she fucking kills him, and I'm like, damn. Yeah, Megan, you scary. Megan, you scary. And you scary. And the fact that she wants to be like a good parent, like, makes her scarier. Exactly, because like all these things, she's like, you don't want to take care of Katie. You're pawning her off to me. So let me take care of the parenting, and you just pill, right? Yeah, yeah. Megan, Megan for parent of 2023. Yeah, you know, I'd be okay with that. Which is where when it gets to sequel, and it's obviously teased at the end. Yes, AI. Um, I'm very curious as to where the movie can and will go, and that's why I'd like for them to wait a little while, to like just let the environment in the world breathe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. <laughs> so now that we're we're getting to the end of the movie, um, this movie's making so much fucking money, dude. Good. 
This movie made $30 million on a $12 million budget. Good. That right there recuperates marketing, the yeah. budget of the movie, and then some. And it's only the first weekend. It's getting pretty good word of mouth. So I'm assuming next weekend we'll not see a lot of people are dropped. surprised that this is not just like schlocky goofy, that it's yeah, good. Exactly. So I'm... Here's the thing. I know you didn't love Malignant. Mm-hmm. But this is the same writing duo. Yes, basically. the same writer did both. It's the exact same writer. Uh, I do want to shout her out. Um, Akila Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, who is a black woman. Uh, she She's the one who wrote the screenplay. And she also has story credit, which she did not have story credit in Malignant. Interesting. So the story was came up... Uh, the story was made mm. by her and James Wan, and then she did the screenplay. Mm. Uh, in Malignant, it was James Wan and his wife did the story. She did the screenplay. Mm. Um, but still, like it's the fact that she's willing to... And then they are all willing to like go weird with these movies. Yeah, like, it's good. Say what you will about Malignant. That I movie didn't is, like the aesthetics of that movie. That movie is fucking insane. It is insane. I didn't like the aesthetics of this movie. This movie, that movie, this movie has like opposite aesthetics yeah? that I love. Okay. So yeah. Um, so no, I'm I'm all for these writers. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I think the fact that Blumhouse and and Atomic Robot, which is James Wan's company, are merging, like, I'm down for that. Yeah. And and I think if if this is what she's been able to do with her, like, two movies, she also did a movie called Hellfest, which you have actually shown somewhat interest in, in concept alone, mm. where you said, why don't more horror movies take place in amusement parks? Ah. Hellfest is a movie that takes place in the amusement park. Very nice. Like, during, like, a Halloween horror night type of thing. Before this concept. Um, so, like, she made that, and uh, she made these two movies, and if she is on board to make more, eh, fuck it. Why not? I'll watch whatever. Good for her. Um, but I also really, I, I like the concept of the Megan doll. Like, I just think she's so recognizable. Yeah. I feel like if you show, if I show this to like Katie's parents, like, have you seen this? They'd probably be like, I've seen it. They I, may not know what it is. So no one on Instagram ever interacts with my like. You know, posting my letterbox. Mm-hmm. I had two people of like one was a millennial, one was my coworker. Interesting, right? Both of them like commented on that post. Oh, really? Right. So people of very different age demographics. Were yeah. Aware, were um, this. Jason Blum, who's the the guy who runs Blumhouse, uh, was you know he purposely did what he could to like shout out like the younger people. Yeah. Because I so my understanding for this movie is. The original movie that they shot was R, mm-hmm. but it was like just barely. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Well, does it need to be R?" A lot of people are asking for a director's cut. They want to see the full on. I guess, but that's not how you grow audience. Yes, I agree. If you think about the big boom in like the mid, like twenty tens, mm-hmm. a lot of that is thanks to Insidious. Mm. Which is another Blumhouse movie, which is also PG thirteen. I didn't realize. Insidious is an insanely scary movie. I think this movie should be rated R. I think this movie. I think sequels could benefit from being R. Yeah. Because now that we have this crazy concept, 
push the concept. Yeah. Like if you go, if you have another movie and you don't go harder and crazier, you're going to start losing steam. Right. But I think having the movie be PG thirteen is a good entry point for younger audiences mm-hmm. because that's that's where you grow your new. You're not going to turn an older person who is not into horror into horror. Well, so this is what I was I was thinking during this movie. I was like, I would love, because usually I do Frankenstein as a choice read with my seniors, mm-hmm. um, and I debated on making it a choice read or mandatory this year. But anyway, I was like, oh, this would pair very well with Frankenstein. Um, how much of it can I get away with showing where they would get the concepts, but I also wouldn't cross any there. any lines okay. at the school, right? Sure. And the fact that it was PG thirteen, I will say, really helped me. In my decision making, that I'm like, I could this. Oh, Megan, gotcha. Megan, that I could show something mm-hmm. like from this movie because I could be like, wasn't rated R with PG 13. And I would say the first like 20 minutes ish, I think you can show to a high school audience. 100%. You can show this whole movie to a high school be, audience. You can't show this whole movie to a high school audience. Oh, come on. And not in school. Oh, uh, okay. Not in school. Out of school, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they've seen worse. Yeah, for sure. Um, But there's enough unsettling, there's enough, like, critique of the tech before it gets, like, actually physically violent. Yeah. I think you could show in a classroom. Okay. Um, So, but to your point, I think that, yes, this movie does thread the needle very well on being able to cater to Mm -hmm. that younger audience and then build up. While not isolating the older audience. Exactly. Like, you think about... Now the millennials are in like their thirties and forties. Yeah. So like having having these little jabs at us make us go, oh shit, this movie's about us. Yeah. Uh, while then having like the little zoomers and I'm assuming yeah. going back to school, I'm gonna have some of my kids tell me that you watch Megan, I watch Megan. It's my favorite movie. Yeah. Because children are like that. Yeah. The newest movie they watch is their favorite movie ever. They are. Um, I can guarantee. At least half of my kids probably saw this movie. Your fifth graders? My fifth graders. Yeah, they see. They see these, they see these movies. Yeah. And it works. And the fact that it's PG-13 helps helps so much. Yeah. Um, But like like we said, I am 100% down for more of this. I don't think they can do the end of this movie again. Like, the next movie cannot end with... Un, like a robot fighting Megan again. Because this movie ends mm. with uh, Bruce, like we said. Right. Deus Ex Bruce. Oh, Deus, no, not Deus Ex Bruce. Check Chekhov's Bruce. Chekhov's Chekhov's Bruce. Bruce. Right. Um, you know, that was satisfying enough, though. Uh, I enjoyed the fight scene. I like her getting split in half. Yeah. And I like that she gets messed up. Yes. Yeah, she gets like, she gets the fucked. Monster, she gets scalped. The monster is revealed. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is like frightening enough. Like you see her when they're putting her together, she looks well. And that's a thing. Scary. When people wanted more gore. I was like, I really don't think it needed it. It like, didn't. That's what I'm saying. That's why. That's why I think this movie works so well as a PG-13. A that scene of just pulling off the boy's ear alone was What's enough. Settling enough. Yeah. The threat to just like cut his wrist open with like the the paper the paper cutter, right? That's how it implies that he killed himself, right? I think he up. sliced his neck. Ah, uh, okay. Because yeah, she sure. puts the blade up to his neck. But she is holding up cuts. his like she is holding up his like forearm. Yeah, so to give it to him to slice his neck. You're yeah, right, she's right. she has his hand like yeah, on the blade. Yeah. And then he cuts his cuts neck. his neck. Yeah, so okay. That's a that's unsettling enough. I 
I'm not saying like more gore would have made me like dislike this movie more, but I don't think it needed Mm-mm. it needed it at all. And honestly, that's the biggest difference between an R rating and the PG thirteen. Like it's how much how of much that gore you're willing to show. And I think it's this movie does is better for showing less. Do they say fuck? Once. Yeah. The boy. The boy. Where he's yeah. like, shut the fuck up, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm 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 very very much looking forward to this um this movie i think it's going to find itself i don't even want to say it's going to be a cult classic because this movie is very popular, popular enough so i don't think this is going to be uh a cult classic situation I just think people are going to gravitate towards this movie a lot blumhouse doing good things i i am here for all the Megan costumes. I'm gonna I'm gonna see at like Comic Cons. I'm gonna see at Halloween. That'll be impressive. That it's a, it'll be a January movie, and it'll get a lot of Halloween clout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see the Jason Blum dressed up as uh as Megan? No. He dressed up as Megan for uh for Halloween. That's awesome. And so yeah, there he is. This year's Halloween. Uh, yeah, this year. <laughs> Good for him. They did makeup, and he went with like all their girls dressed up as as Megan. Um, but yeah, they, and you know, good for them for knowing the type of movie they have and leaning into it. Yeah, like all the promotional material was like, if you interacted with her on like Twitter, she would like DM you back, be like, "Hey, bestie." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so. I, I think this is a very smart move uh, on their half, and I think if they keep it up, they might they might be able to play some some big ball, big ball, because that's what they need. They they have a lot of good movies under their belt already. Like I said, this that, that I think when we were talking about a twenty four versus Blumhouse, mm-hmm. like as far as like a a studio that piques my interest now, Blumhouse is ascending. I think Blumhouse is. Blumhouse is kind of surpassing now. Yeah. As far as the concepts and delivery. Yeah. So, all right. Um, are there anything else? No. no. Great film. Go see it. Great film. Go see it. Uh, on that note, uh, this is our last recording for, uh, for a bit. For winter break. Uh, yeah, for winter break. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Me neither. It's all right. Damn. We'll manage. All right. Um, probably the next movie we'll talk about would be if we watch that. Um, that Shutter. Thing you had me, you want me to watch? Oh, that one. Uh, yeah, Lake Mungo. Uh, if you watch that, and if you watch the Peacock movie, okay, I think we could be, we could have two of those. Neat. Yeah. Um, actually, we could talk about maybe. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Until next time. Uh, this has been the Cinescus Podcast. He is Thano. He's Javier. And see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.